This is an attack warning. Repeat, this is an attack warning. Sign on with the devil. So, Brandon, I will start with you. What do you think about the comments? I mean, the numbers are staggering. This is going to seem really, really insensitive. We're going to need a tank. Jim, uh, why have you looked at this president and said, I, I support what he's doing? He's got us locked in a basement. Uh, Frank came to my office, asked me, first of all, he asked me for an airplane ride. So this guy's a wise guy, so I gave him an airplane ride. Like if the Titanic took like four years to sink. Rick! Sign on with the devil. Welcome back to another episode of the Devil's Advocate Podcast. I am Brandon, and I am joined today by Franklin and Jim. How are you guys doing today? Ooh, I'm doing good, Brandon, because we're doing another episode of the devil's advocate it's been a while i know i know right it's weird it's uh it's uh it's homey it feels homey um how are you doing jim it's been like six months it's Uh, it hasn't been that quite that long it's been about four like three yeah three or four months ago but i think until we were last doing it regularly was right when biden got inaugurated yeah this is the first one in a long time so Uh, this episode's gonna be weird um we are not uh, we're not in the same room tonight. Um, we're actually trying to squeeze this episode in between the recordings of Un-American. Um, and so we are remote podcasting tonight. What's weird for me is I'm in the studio and the studio is dark and it is, uh, there's nobody here with me. And so it's a weird experience. It it feels like I wish every episode of Joe Rogan's show felt like lonely and empty. Um, so, uh, so yeah, um, Jim, how are you doing tonight? Oh man, uh, cons- considering current events from my household, I am I'm not bad because uh, Mason had a rough night. He puked and spiked the fever this morning. It wasn't anything high. It was just just shy of 100 degrees. It was like 99.8. But it feels like for the last month and a half, the kid can't catch a break. Like he's either been sick or had the burn incident where he pulled a wax melter onto himself. Yeah. Like, yeah. With, like we, we just need a break. Poor guy's yeah. had enough. No, I definitely feel you. I was, but, when you, as you were saying it, I was thinking like, man, this kid for the last month has been having a rough go so i hope i hope that gets better soon yeah i mean and i i i think it was just uh the sauce that i used on the wings last night that didn't agree with them because like neither me nor my wife got sick we both ate the wings so it's definitely not like salmonella or e coli or anything like that it was just that he probably just couldn't handle the garlic or something like that well, and tiny kids get sick all the time. I mean, the one thing that I can relate with is that uh, Philip definitely had just like months and months in a row of the same thing where it was just like, man, you were sick every five days. Like something happens every five days and we're dealing with a new thing. And it's yeah, it's rough when they're little. It'll get it, it'll get easier. But I hope he does Jim, get through that quickly. Jim, that's uh, yucky. Did you say you were feeding your son wings? 
Yeah. I caught that too. Okay. I fucking so like, caught that too. Which is like, if you debone him, if you just pull off the chicken, that's no big deal. Yeah. But I love, like, in my head, yeah, I didn't pan the whole wing. Right. No, it, I, I just, in my head, head, in my head, I went to like, Jim is like doing hot ones with the sun, like giving them like progressively <laughs> yeah. hotter sauce. That's, that's where <laughs> I went to. That's where I went <laughs> that's exactly no, where I that. went. I've seen his pictures uh, yelling at people to get off the lawn and shit and and <laughs> whipping the bird. And so I was yeah. like, no, this is he's going to have a beard in a week. Like, yeah. what the fuck? For, for those that don't know, uh, we'll do occasional photos of him on the front porch and we border a main street. So there is constant traffic. And one of them, like a loud motorcycle went by and he just like all of a sudden had like an angry look on his face and he had his middle finger raised and his hand in the air. <laughs> there's, there's no way he didn't know what that meant. That is, <laughs> I don't know. That the, was a year old and he's already like Clint Eastwood on uh, yeah. taxi driver. That is oh, tiny that is, little dirty Harry. That is my favorite picture for sure. I'm just like, yes, that, that is how I feel about the world, Mason. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, but uh, yeah, so excited to get back into uh, these shenanigans, um, kind of, although we have some stuff that we're going to talk about tonight. Um, I think the last time I did a little uh, a quick uh, listen through the, the 112 addendum um, to kind of remember where we left off. I know that we did the update after the, the Biden administration or the inauguration. Um, and so at that time, uh, we were talking about immigration, um, and, uh, and COVID a lot, and we're going to kind of get into to both of those slightly, I, one more so than the other tonight, um, but definitely as far as immigration goes for it, from a different standpoint um, tonight anyway. I'm not saying that there's not southern border stories to talk about. I'm saying that we're probably not going to get into them too much tonight because Afghanistan is hugely in the news right now, and I think we need to talk about that Um And then, uh, of course, you you won't get a TDAP in the um, Trump slash post-Trump era without conspiracies. So I think we'll talk about some conspiracies a little bit later, too. So um, I feel like we should probably start off, though, at home uh, with the pandemic and the state of the pandemic. Um, The last time we talked uh, on this feed... Biden was uh, was doing pretty good. Like they, the, we were en route to uh, a good. We had a good vaccine rollout. We were. It was getting administered. We were we had, meeting and exceeding goals. Right. We had an amazing vaccine rollout, considering that the year build up to us getting a vaccine, the president was telling people that the virus wasn't real. Right. So, yeah. like Biden inherited a turd and he turned it into a football that he ran down the field. Yeah. In a certain sense. So I'm going to uh, start with this article um, because since then we have had the resurgence of COVID. We've had this summer spell that's been horrible, the Delta variant um, that's been uh, pretty much crippling the country again, um, some places more so than others. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit and talk about why. And that, I guess, doesn't come without what you mentioned, Frank, it, the when you had a president who uh in Donald Trump who was uh questioning the legitimacy and of of the virus itself and then whatever um you you had a bunch of conspiracies that came from that 
and people and then that led to vaccine hesitancy um and so we're gonna we're gonna talk about that because that i i think we could argue that that vaccine hesitancy uh helped maybe didn't create the delta variant but it definitely has helped it take hold in in the country yeah because the the vaccine came out at a time that like had everyone gotten it had we got to 80 percent vaccine rate like right away we probably wouldn't be dealing with delta as seriously as we are right right not to say that that it wouldn't be there like 60 and then it was like a slow progression to get any farther because like most of the people who didn't freak out about the conspiracies already got it right um so i'm gonna read a article from july 16th uh this from the guardian um, and it's titled U.S. Seeing Pandemic of Unvaccinated as Cases Rise in Every State. COVID cases are rising in all 50 U.S. states as the Delta variant spreads, spreads coast to coast. Um, news, out, news outlets reported on Friday and with less than half of the United States population fully, fully vaccinated, public health chiefs warn of an extraordinary surge. Uh, Rochelle Walensky, director of the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, said that the White House said at a White House briefing, this is becoming the pandemic of the unvaccinated. Walensky said the U- that the U.S. is seeing an average of 26,000 new COVID cases a day, a seven day average that is 70 percent higher than last week. Hospitalizations and deaths are also seeing increases about 36 percent and 26 percent, respectively, with Walensky noting that this was another critical moment in the outbreak. Uh, quote, we are seeing outbreaks of cases in parts of the country that have low vaccination coverage because unvaccinated people are at risk. Communities that are faithfully are fully vaccinated um, are generally faring well, she said. Uh, Anthony Fauci, the nation's top infectious disease official, said there had been an extraordinary surge in the Delta variant of COVID-19, which is more transmissible around the world, including the U.S. Um, so that's pretty much that. Uh, what can the I, Delta can I step va- in with some hard yeah. numbers on. Uh, all right. So infect infectivity. We'll delve into that one. Uh, the initial COVID-19 virus, the initial SARS-CoV-2 which didn't have a name other than just SARS-CoV-2. It's R-naught, which R-naught is the term used to to describe uh, how infective a virus is or a pathogen. Uh, So uh, the initial, the original SARS-CoV-2 is 2.3, 2.7. So one one infected person is likely to infect 2.3 to 2.7 unaware people so just moving around like before you show symptoms or if you know you're just that person that doesn't care if you're symptomatic and you're going around you're going to infect somewhere between two and three people roughly now the the alpha variant which is more prevalent in europe uh it probably hasn't been talked about a lot in american news because it doesn't really pertain to us the r naught is four to five so that's still a significant increase. And then the, the Delta variant that we're experiencing here in the U.S. now has an R-naught of five to eight. So every one person can infect five to eight other individuals. That is almost as infective as chickenpox. So like 
chicken pox is kind of going by the wayside now because in the mid 2000s we developed the vaccine for it and it's kind of just given to all kids as they are in the hospital still like before they even leave the hospital after they're born um yeah so but anyway that had are not like 10 to 12 right it's like for every one, like shut- if one kid in the classroom had chicken pox every kid got it almost guaranteed right and yeah, which explain why that like we're nearing that infectivity rate for Delta, right? Which would explain why places like our home state of Missouri or Florida are now like running out of beds, ventilators, uh, you know. Yeah. And so, from what I've understood, reading as much medical news as I can on this, uh, it's not necessarily any more deadly. It's just the fact that it, you're infecting so many new people that right. have never and, experienced COVID. That it's and right. by that. And by that standard, the more people you infect, the more people that are going to die from it. Exactly. You know? Right. It might be the same exact ratio, but the fact that you like, have a larger sample size means more deaths more, overall. More kit, more kids are getting infected, and thus more kids are also getting hospitalized. It's not right. that it has a higher like rate of hospitalization. It's just that more people are being infected. And then you had to take into account that like when Delta came about, we were also we were uh, relaxing mask mandates. We were getting back to larger crowds, restaurants, uh, concerts, movie theaters. We were it was a perfect breeding ground for a virus variant to break out. We were throwing people off of uh, unemployment um, systems and back into a workforce. So like we were yeah. we were putting more people out into society. Um, Also, during one of, I mean, like, I don't know if you guys saw, but this month was the the hottest month since humans have recorded temperatures. Like, of course, and that's also Mm going to discourage mask wearing. It's fucking 100 degrees outside. Right. No one wants to cover their mouth, you know, so obviously you're going to spread more in the summertime. You know, you would think the summer would cut down on it, but I think that factor kind of counterbalances or even negates it. Here's the thing. Here's the crazy thought. And this, I expect that the fall is going to be pretty rough because it, we're already seeing the surge in the summer once everybody goes back inside together and the economy is open like i would think that that's going to drive the number of cases up so if so if it's already if the numbers are already considerably higher with the delta variant than they are than they were uh last march or may or whatever um, that seems like it, it, it just seems like we are going to have a really, really rough fall and winter. And it, right. because, because essentially we're saying that even though we're seeing such a high number right now, that is the low, that's the low end of this wave. Well, I, I guess it also kind yeah. of depends. Jim might be able to speak to this more, but the booster shot like how effective that would be against delta if at all um, um i don't know if that would negate it because i know that like the fall is when they're kind of talking about the boosters so are gonna I, have to be needed yeah i heard i heard some traction about needing a booster for delta but i'm not necessarily positive if it is something that is really needed um that said if if a booster is offered and it increases my chances of not getting it. I'll I'll just go ahead and get it. Like even right. if, even if it doesn't give me like a an insanely better chance of not getting infected, if there's any chance at all of increasing my like not being infected percentage, then I'm just gonna make that happen because 
Well, it seems well, like the, it, it just seems like the prudent thing to do, right? You know? Right. Yeah. And it seems like, why would you, why would you not do that? Like what you don't gain anything out of not doing. The problem is that like the people that we're trying to convince at this point, I do think there's one more way. It's just sheer stubbornness, man. It is. Yeah. Um, you know, we had talked, uh, Frank, you and I had talked last week sometime away from Don't microphones. Don't tell the people our private business, Brandon. <laughs> I'm airing it out. Um, about you guys are how... friends. You're allowed to talk <laughs> Right. Uh, so we had, we had talked, though, about how um, it, it the, we there's a point where you're going to reach all of the people that you're going to reach. Like even some of the people yeah. who who were weary of this last year, who have gotten vac- vaccinated since. Like at what point? At what point do you just top out? And I would say that like we're, I, we're very I, much reaching that point, aren't we? I think we are because I think we're getting into I think this you, place. You top, you top out once you hit the Q crowd. Those are the people I, that are never going to get it just right. based well, on pure principle. Well, and, and, I th- and I had heard that, like, the Trump crowd, when they were polled, like, half the Trump supporters said they had gotten one or more, more shots of the vaccine. So, like, we've gotten yeah. as many of the GOPers right. as we're going to, I think. Well, and I think there's there's one last small uh, ripple effect that's going to happen, and it's going to be um, these uh, the businesses um, and and ways of life that are that are basically saying you can't come in if you don't have like well so people people who are at work who are being told by their work that like you need to be vaccinated by x date or don't work here i think that's going to cause some of those people even reluctant maybe not as hardcore q people um to be like well fuck it this is my way of life well um i, I actually kind of wanted to ask jim about this my thought was like if you really wanted to bump the percentage of people who are fully vaccinated the, the largest group that aren't vaccinated right now besides conspiracy people are children under 12. And there are millions right. of those in America. So yeah. like, is it possible that once we develop a vaccine that's that's good for children, we could actually get up to 75% or whatever? Oh, easily? Because, yeah. I mean, you, yeah, there, there's a good the, chunk of Americans who want the vaccine but can't get it because of their age. Or, or their parents yeah. want it for them, but, you know, there's that block, you know. Yeah, right. well, I mean, if, if you if you look at percentages of the population that are under 12 years old, it's, I would say, it's it, just offhand, I would say it's at least 20%. I could be wrong on that. I haven't looked up that number, but so, I, so, I feel like that's probably not a wrong assumption. Yeah, but even if it's 10%, though, like, and, you, and, and you're able to get, like, 7% of those eligible, like, that's still going to uh, jump our, our national percentage up quite a bit and help right. against – because how much are kids now transmitters yeah, of yeah, Delta? I mean, you know, so you know, but... I, I'm going to say that by October, if, if there's a vaccine available for children of the age of 12 and under, come October, there's going to be a lot of people – like any, anybody that's holding out on getting their kids vaccinated come October after schools open back up and you get the crazy amount of infected children that's going to come from that. I mean, right. Like this isn't like, yes, it's anecdotal, but it's not far fetched. It's not even close to far fetched saying that there's going to be a ton of infections just based on schools opening back up with no mask or relaxed right. mask, mask rules. Right. Like, and 
And I could see a ton of more democratic districts in like enforcing like you look you have to get your kids vaccinated or they can't come to school or they have to wear a mask. At well, school, I mean, you know? like every every other vaccine that we have to date is required to go to school. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. No one cares about the hepatitis vaccine. They here, let me that, or you know, I've got an article here from USA Today that kind of discusses this a little bit. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read um, a little bit from this, and then we can get into this aspect of the story because it's kind of where I was where I was gonna go next anyway, and you guys naturally led me there, so that worked out pretty we're so, pretty. We're, we're such pros. Yeah, pretty dopely. <laughs> um, uh, so this was from August 13th. Uh, titled The Backstory, More Kids Are Getting COVID Just As School Resumes. Here are the facts, the fights, and the fallout. Every day this week, we've reported about hospitals treating growing numbers of kids who have COVID-19. This is happening just as schools are resuming, leading to mask mandates, anti-mask mandates, frustrated parents, and fed-up students. There were 93,824 child COVID cases nationwide reported uh, July 29th through August 5th, 15% of the total weekly reported cases, according to the American Academy of Pediatrics. Uh, The week prior, there was 71,726 new child cases. The week before that, 38,654. After declining in early summer, child cases have steadily increased since the beginning of July, the Academy reports. And somewhere between uh, 0.1% and 1.9% of all child COVID cases are resulting in hospitalization. So even if kids aren't getting sicker with the Delta variant, more of them are getting infected, uh, meaning more ending up in the hospital. That also means a larger number of children have a risk of multi-system inflammatory syndrome, a rare but dangerous condition that can be triggered by COVID-19 and cause parts of the body to become inflamed. About 4,000 kids have uh, contracted, contracted this syndrome since the start of the pandemic. Plus, it means larger, larger numbers of kids have risk of long-haul COVID effects. And of course, COVID-19 can kill kids. As of August uh, 5th, 371 have died since the start of the pandemic. More kids have died of COVID-19 in the last 18 months than in a bad flu season. The highest number of flu deaths in one season, obviously shorter than the current 18 months of the pandemic, was 188 in 2019-20, which led to the 2017-18 figure. The CDC recommends students and staff members wear masks in school this fall, uh, regardless of vaccination status. Quote, there's no need to be anxious if everyone in the school and at home who can be vaccinated is vaccinated, particularly if there's a low background, background rate infection. In the states with low vaccination rate, high infection rate, and low compliance with masks, it's hard to imagine a kid not catching this, though hopefully they won't get very sick. The majority of parents... Uh, 63% in a KFF tracking poll out this week said unvaccinated kids and staff should wear masks in school. 36% said they should not. Uh, the, res- the response broke down along political and racial lines. Majority Surprise. of... Yeah, no shit. Uh, hundreds of people who uh, hundreds of people attended a four hour Williamson County School Board of Education meeting in Tennessee on Tuesday, where the board voted to require masks at the elementary school level inside buildings and buses. The conservative I county say that shocks me. I'm proud. Did yeah. You, did you guess? I don't know if this is the one I saw, but I, the, some of this footage went viral. If not this uh, footage similar. Did you guys see the outrage that parents rained down on these people for 
for, saying, I, for having the audacity to say that kids should wear masks so they don't catch something that is killing hundreds of kids in the I country. Actually, I didn't. I didn't watch it because I've seen, like, I've seen the still frame, and I know that I could click play, um, but I. I'm 18 months into this and I'm tired of listening to dumb people repeat the same half arguments that don't yeah. make any sense to anyone. They were essentially, um, they were essentially reading the Wikipedia summary for the movie Plandemic, right? <laughs> you know, like, or Plandemic 2 indoctrination, you know, even stupider. Yeah. Next, they're going to attack the schools for having computers because Shadowgate 2, like, fuck off. Um, those, let's see. Chromebooks are evil. WCS Superintendent Jason Golden said 25 elementary stu students had tested positive for COVID-19 since the start of since school started on August 6th. This was in that Tennessee district. Nashville, Tennessee, and reporter uh, Anika Exum and Brinley Heinemann wrote that during the meeting, chants of no more masks could be heard from the outside uh, anytime a door opened. District mom Tessa Serto was one of the protesters. She said. Uh, last year, she was fine with her children wearing masks because things were evolving constantly from a health perspective. But now, more than a year late, not more than a year into the pandemic, she is no longer on board with a mask mandate at school. She said wearing a mask was isolating for her fourth grader and made it difficult for her other son, who has speech difficulties. Wearing a mask makes it impossible for him to see the, his teacher's face. Um, resident Lay Alabama. I here's the thing. I, what does that I, matter? I, I, here's what I here's what I will say. Um, I know kids with like like I know kids who are on the autism spectrum. Um, I have some in my family, and I know that there are things like depending on age that would make it impossible um, for for that toddler to be able to cope in that situation. But I think then you have to look at it kind of on a individual here's the thing it, it, let me make up a hypothetical scenario the yeah. school has a mask mandate this school in tennessee where she's making this argument they have a mask mandate but if he has some type of like learning disability where he's on like where he's autistic or something like that or something that's like reasonable that we can understand and empathize with can there be one class where the teacher doesn't have a mask like is I 100% well, guarantee you that schools will cater to that. Well, so you're that, right, as they should. From, from elementary all the way through college, if you have a learning disability, they go, they bend over backwards to make your life right as easy as it can be. Right. As they and, so, and look, and I'm not yeah, saying 100%. I think Brandon hit upon something important there. Where like, look, wearing mask is a pain in the ass. First of all, they're young kids. Keeping them on is going to be another nuisance for teachers. Like, otherwise, you have like you have kids with speech impediments. You have kids that like, I mean, if you if you have to read lips, if you're hard of hearing, like that's going to be an impediment. But you have to stack that up against the fact like, is it better for a couple students to be inconvenienced? Or for us to let a couple students die potentially? And as far like, as I that, know, if that is the the case there's obviously a right solution as far as i like inconvenience but they're alive i've read multiple articles that have said that when students were polled they didn't give a shit it's their parents like Surprise. their parents give a shit because their parents then, have political affliction or how, whatever how many well you, you go ahead and call it afflictions it, <laughs> it's a, it's a right it feels term, like it right i would say um 
I can um, almost guarantee you that at right. least at least twenty percent of the crowds that are outside of these board meetings that are protesting don't even have kids. They're just there to be loudmouth a holes because they have a political agenda. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I, I don't know what the percentage of that would be, but they I could have, definitely they don't have a Twitter that. account. But they do; they are 20, a member of the PTA, so they're like, oh, "I know my where my voice will be heard." 20 percent convince me I'm wrong. <laughs> fair enough fair enough we might have to unpack that sometime here's one of the things here's one of the things that i hate from this same article um and the same situation this tennessee school resident lay allen baker brought a bible uh to the protest the u.s constitution and the bill of rights in the meeting saying that they guaranteed her freedom quote the real clown show is that you guys think you can actually mandate this end quote she said like they're just there to stir up shit because they're god king stirred yeah. up shit or and the people like, that supported their god king stirred up yeah. shit like not only that but like the board can just be like oh there's no way that i could possibly make this mandate watch me and then they do it right like, well it's, and that's it's written within the bylaws and within the law well, excuse me not bylaws bylaws are just unspoken things but uh or unwritten things, rather. It's written within the laws of that school board that they can make that mandate because it's right. a public health issue. And I'm sure that they have even more reign than that. Like, I'm sure even if we weren't talking about masks in a pandemic, like, I guarantee you that they have way more leeway to, to mandate the rules of their district, no matter what any parent wants to say about it. Like, if they want to make that's, every that's kid... That's the reason they exist. Right, Yeah. Like, I'm sure that most school districts, if they wanted to, could be like, everybody has to wear khakis every day. Like, that's yeah. that's the thing. And what? Parents but, are going to be like, no, oh, freedom! I like jeans! Like, fuck <laughs> off. Uh, I don't know. It's aggravating. I, I think that um, the thing that makes me frustrated, and I talked to you about this earlier in the week, Jim, that, like, one of the things that makes me most frustrated about these people protesting uh, mask mandates in, in public areas is that all of these people all of a sudden now are social media scientists where, but they've never cared or considered, they've never cared about or considered science for a day in their life until a couple of memes a few months after the start of the pandemic convinced them otherwise. And yeah. and now they're they're fucking May scientists. of last year, like, May of twenty twenty, there was the the great science movement in right. America. Yeah, uh, it's it's annoying. It, it, I'm trying to be nice here. It's stupid. And, like it's really as a scientist, it pisses me off. I'll tell you. That. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, we I, I've got another article here that's like it's kind of it's still on the the mandates. This one's from CNN Business. This is about uh, offices, companies, and restaurants requiring proof of va vaccination. Um, Corporate America is getting serious about vaccines. In the last week, companies from Disney to Walmart to Google have begun mandating their employees get shot to shots to protect against COVID-19. Even famed restaurateur Danny Myers said that uh, it's not just his employees who much, must be vaccinated. He won't serve customers in his restaurant without proof that they've gotten a vaccine. Momentum for, the va for vaccine mandates has been building, and President Joe Biden on Thursday announced a requirement that all 
all federal employees on site uh, contractors and on-site contractors be vaccinated or submit to regular testing and mitigation requirements. Throughout the week, a growing number of, employee, of employers announced their own vaccine mandates. On Wednesday, Google and Facebook became the first two Silicon Valley giants to issue mandates of their own. And I'll just read off a couple of these companies that are going to do it. Uh, Google, Facebook, Netflix, Walmart, uh, Disney, BlackRock, Morgan Stanley, Saks Fifth Avenue, The Washington Post, Union Square Hospitality, Ascension Health, Lyft, Uber, Twitter, Goldman Sachs, Jeffries, Tyson, and the list goes on and on. I believe even Fox News has the same um, strategy. Either you have to get routinely tested or you have to get proof of a vaccine. Yeah. Well, and and like, so is that something that, uh, let's kind of unpack these at the same time. Um, is that something that would be a compromise for a school? If you really, if you had to go full in on a, let's meet each other halfway. Like if you're not going to wear masks, we're going to test your kid every day that they don't wear a mask. Well, I will say, I mean, I don't know how like someone more scientifically minded would feel. I've gone to places now that have the policy of, um, the sign up that says if you're fully vaccinated, you do not have to wear a mask. But if you're yeah. not, you do. And I don't mind that policy. Yeah, I don't I know don't... exactly how safe it is. I feel safer. Um, at least, like, kind of believing that everyone that doesn't have a mask, I know it's not 100% true. No, it's definitely not. Um, I Here's my thought about those. Uh, in the beginning, when that became the, the the move that we made as a society was wear a mask unless you're fully vaccinated, I that was, to me, if you look at the timing of that, it's real close to when the Delta variant started going crazy. So yeah. I don't know if that was That's just... That's why I'm hesitant a, to say it, because I, right. like, I feel safer, but I couldn't be just it's as It's like a endangered. false sense of security that like we all were ready to get back to normal life, including us. We talked about it on, on American, being able to not wear masks anymore, and how like the, great that was. And, yeah, it's amazing. And then the it quit... Yeah, the thing that really sucks is that uh, normal life looked like it was achievable for about a month because right. vaccine yep. levels were getting pretty high, and <laughs> it seemed like even those that weren't vaccinated because it wasn't the Delta variant, it was still you know two to two to three people were getting infected for every one of infected person. It it seemed like real life was achievable, and then <laughs> here comes this freaking freight train. Was um, that our? The Delta was variant. It, I wonder though too if that wasn't just part of us as like our our naivety as a society. Like, I don't know if I would necessarily call it uh, a naivety moment. I would say that it's more just that we're we're we're, we're ready just to go back to normal. Like there is right. it, it, there's, there's a fatigue on the society here that yeah it, yeah. it just sucks man yeah and no and it is, I'll agree it is hard you. to tell if it's um coincidence or causality whether the delta came up about the same time that we were kind of getting a handle on the the first wave of covid well, I, I as a biologist i can tell you that uh it's us as humans thinking that we can control nature and nature's just like <laughs> you fucking stupid <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah pretty much nature's um, just like oh you, you thought that here well you're busy looking at my right hand and i punch you in the face of my left 
You can't tell like me all that... of. Are you telling me Jurassic Park was a really Thank sentient you. movie that nature will Thank find you. a way? That is exactly. <laughs> that is that exactly. Fucking predicted everything. Well, so the thing is, like, as humans, we like to think that with our technology and with our science, that we're at, at some point uh, like indestructible. Like we're we're going to be able to survive anything. And, and nature just laughs at us all the time because we, we are always one step behind evolution, especially when it comes to like uh, bacteria and viruses. We, we're we're kind of, like there's there's only so much proactivity you can get because like n- nobody saw SARS-CoV-2 coming. You, you, you could probably like sort of predict like, yeah, OK, these things evolve and something is bound to happen. But you have no idea what rabbit's getting pulled out of the hat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Where, how do you guys... Now, wait. Somebody... You're starting to sound a little more like uh, Boris Gump. Life is a box of chocolates. I think it's which movie. <laughs> All right. I think, Nature I think... is definitely a box of chocolates, and at least 50% <laughs> of them don't taste good. I I think Frank's on like a Spielberg kick or something. I don't know if Spielberg. I, I, I have anything a crossover to do with... in my mind. I have a crossover in my mind that would be awesome though, because I want to see Forrest like running away from a dinosaur. Like, run, Forrest, <laughs> run, indeed, run. There's um, one guy that can get away from the T Rex. It's definitely Forrest Gump. <laughs> All right, Jim. I want to talk to you about uh, vaccine authorization and such because um because we're gonna in a second we're gonna go we're gonna come back to these two topics and kind of uh give our own thoughts about where we stand on uh mandates for both masks and vaccines um but a a big part of the reason that we're having this hesitancy and we're seeing these types of problems where we have to have these debates is because one of the big uh, aspects that it seems like is being grabbed onto by the right and uh, the anti-vax crowd is that it's not FDA approved. It was rushed too quickly. It's not a safe vaccine. So you can tell us to do all of these different guidelines and precautions and whatever, but you're lying to us because you've got a bad, uh, you've got spooky juice that's not good to put right. into my body. And <laughs> so, so I want to, to talk about that a little bit. And I figured you're the you're the most sciencey guy uh, of the three of us. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So 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 look, talk to me a little bit about um, like what is FDA approval? What what does that mean when somebody says it's not FDA approved versus me knowing that it's FDA authorized? Uh, w- let's unpack that for a second before we so, re- return. I'm gonna to start. The- I'm gonna start with where we're at right now, and that's where the vaccines fall under is their emergency use author emergency use authorizations or an EUA is what I'll refer to it from here on out. Cause everything in science is a mouthful unless you put an acronym on it. Right. Uh, so an EUA is a mechanism to facilitate the availability and use of medical countermeasures, including vaccines during public health emergencies. So obviously we are in one of those and the question here that a lot of people have is if EUAs are around to just like push something out there as like a spitball, like we're just trying this because it could possibly work. 
Right. One of the things that like kind of to like, there's an idea, I think that like, well, this was uh, enacted to cut through the red tape. So we didn't have so that we could speed up the process and not go through all the checks that we would normally go. Is that fair to say that that people are skeptical? There's some truth to that, which is why I think people are so rooted in their stance of, Oh, it's just emergency use. Uh, it, it means that it hasn't been tested for safety, which is a false statement. Uh, so whether whether it's fully approved by the USDA or or the FDA, um, or whether it's just in emergency use protocols, both of those two designations have to go undergo the same safety testing. So the clinical trials require you know tens of thousands of participants in human clinical trials. So, and, and I, I, I gotta say anybody that volunteers for a trial like that, I applaud you because there's not, it, it, you're, it's not always safety is not always guaranteed. Like right. from, from animal testing to human testing, like there's always some difference that could not be, from the animal to a human. Like we have a lot of animal models that are very close to uh, human digestive tract or human liver or cardiovascular. And all of those separate animal animal models have to be tested on before it can even make it into clinical trials for humans. So you right. have some guarantee that it's not gonna harm you, but it's not a hundred percent. Right. So yeah, for any, anybody that is... volunteers for anybody that volunteered for any of the, these vaccine trials when they were in the early clinical stages, I applaud you. You're a hero. Um, but loads of people, and I mean, like, somewhere north of 50,000 people uh, were in these trials. And it met the rigorous standards for safety by the right. FDA. And the efficacy... I think it has to be north of seventy percent, which it, which would explain why Johnson and Johnson got approved. I have my own right. personal opinions on Johnson and Johnson. Seventy four percent is trash, like in, as right. far as efficacy goes. You um, want it to be in the nineties, like yeah. right? Fair enough. Like you want yes. it to be in the nineties, because that's what you're putting into your body, right? So, like, I'll I'll agree with. Uh, people who are skeptical of a vaccine that comes out at 74%. I just, like, if it's in the 90s where Moderna and Pfizer have been, it's hard to push back against that reasonably, right? And say that this is is a bullshit vaccine, a bullshit shot. Um, Yeah. I, I, I actually have a question, Jim. Is the reason we're um, – I mean, I knew you were in the middle of explaining this, but is the reason the FDA gave this, gave this, um, gave this vaccine the emergency use authorization instead of just a full confirmation? Is it because, like, in order to get approval from the FDA, you have to go through a years-long testing process to know what the effects are? The, and, like, we the, just have kind of time? The length of the testing is arbitrary. Okay. Um so that's it's it's a lot of method development involved, which can be, you know, it can range from a couple of weeks to a couple of months to a couple of years. It really just depends on what they're testing, on whether or not it has like uh, like if there's compounds involved within the vaccine, 
that have like bioaccumulation. Like you have to get multiple rounds and it accumulates in the body, meaning it can't be filtered out by either the liver or the kidneys, which this is not the case for these vaccines. I don't want to scare anybody, but for anything else. It is the case for some vaccines though. Yeah. It's more in therapeutics or like medicine in general. So like Tylenol and ibuprofen, things that people take every day have a bioaccumulation and which just means that you have like, you know, within the window of a week is how long it takes for some of these things to get cleared out of your body that are within these medicines that you're taking. Sometimes it can be longer. Uh, for certain drugs, it takes a year to get cleared fully out of your system. So these are all things that go into consideration when being fully approved by the FDA and fully approved is kind of just a blanket word that it, it's a colloquial term. Uh, so it's referred to as a BLA. It's a biological or a biologic. Let me find it. I had an article that I scrolled down on and now all I have is the acronym showing up. Just to, just to, uh, while you're looking for that, make a, a point though, about what you just said about the, how long it, it normally takes, uh, the chemicals in, in regular medicines to get out of your, your body. Uh, you would have to think then that the the anti-vax crowd, the Q crowd, has to know every chemical that's in every medicine except the vaccine, right? I highly doubt because they know that. <laughs> I highly doubt they know that too. <laughs> um, because, I don't even know that, and I work in the field. Like, there's right, it's, it's, it, it's an insane it, amount of information, and if you know all of that offhand, more power to you, man. Okay, but that's that's the that's it's the the correlation there is that it would be insane to know every chemical that's in Tylenol. So why do why is the argument that we need to understand every single chemical that's in X vaccine? So, whatever, pe- so the people that work on the vaccine specifically, and then the FDA agents that are looking over all this, they know. Everything there is to know about the specific article or vehicle. And when I say article or vehicle, like your article is what is actually going to be active in your body. And then the vehicle is what gets the article to where it needs to go. Right. Like Tylenol, for instance, it's anti-inflammatory and fever reducing. It goes to your nervous system and it downplays the nerves in certain areas to get rid of inflammatory and or reduce fever uh so the vehicle gets it to your neurons whereas the article acts on your neurons so for this vaccine it specifically targets your immune system so the vehicle gets the article that targets your immune system to the immune system cells that it needs to go to um so knowing everything there is to need to know about all those chemicals and or biologics uh, they determine safety and how quickly it goes through your body, which if, if I had to speculate, uh, the reason that there is a three week window between your first and second dose on your Pfizer and Moderna shots is that there's some bioaccumulation of one of the agents that had to be addressed for safety. And that's why there's that window, like, give it enough time for it to clear. You don't want to get a body. deadly buildup of something or a exactly. dangerous buildup of something. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
But that being said, it's met, it's met those safety standards. Otherwise, it wouldn't have got approved for emergency use at all. Right. right. Because why would you approve something for emergency use if it's not safe? If you're going to kill people right. with what you're what you're putting you would, out there, you'd be making there, it no worse point. than what yeah. COVID was in the beginning. Right. There'd be no reason to do it. And Which instead, the... of, instead of putting a bandaid on somebody, you're you're putting like. It, you know, something that's going to cause a chemical you're, burn on you're, something. You're it literally just sense. pouring salt into a wound. Exactly. Right. This is a Band-Aid, right? Here, here's the other thing, too, though, is that all of that shit was done in the clinical trials before the emergency, the EUA. Um, Correct. Since the EUA, millions and millions of people have been vaccinated, and we're not seeing we're not seeing a cause for concern as far as safety is concerned. Yeah, like so, there, so there's, there's certain adverse reactions that have occurred that were not foreseen, which is going to happen. Right. Like you, you can plan for X amount of things and there's still going to be unseen variables that occur when you actually get into real world use. And those right. have since been addressed. But they also haven't been, uh, we're not, uh, we are not seeing the see. We're not seeing scenes of like Wuhan as because people took the vaccine, which is Correct. like seems seems yeah. like the argument is that like well, it's not safe. And there's like the whole it's, uh, it's the the the, re, the adverse reaction percentage is less than point one percent of the population. So right, there's that. So the now, basically. This, I want to address this a little bit that there is a risk for every single vaccine known to man for every single medicine known to man. And none of them are 100% effective. That's another thing that people like to talk about as far as not getting the vaccine or like, Oh, it's not hundred percent effective. So it doesn't matter anyway. Okay. I understand your logic a little bit, but it's flawed because there's not a single vaccine on the entire planet that is hundred percent effective. Like there's, there's vaccines no that are in the 99th percentile like 99.9 percentile effectiveness but nothing achieves 100 percent plus that's the not fact how science works that's a stupid argument anyway nothing in life is 100 percent anything do those same people that make the argument that it's not 100 percent effective so i'm not gonna get it do that do any of them wear condoms or use condoms or use birth <laughs> control because that shit is not 100 percent effective so you know, by by your own logic, that should not be on the market. Right. Seatbelts, same thing. Seatbelts right. don't save 100% no. of people. Airbags, but, helmets, yeah. you know. Back to emergency use versus uh, FDA approval. The, the actual term for FDA approval is a biologics license application, which is what's being described as full approval for the FDA. And biologics just means that whatever is in the vaccine happens to like be a part of biology or a part of what makes life life so like for these vaccines in particular there is R there's messenger rna inside of these vaccines now rna is a part of biology it's a part of what causes life so in in the, the hierarchy of dna to rna to proteins that's how life works like the dna of an organism creates rna which then creates proteins, which do every function of life. And there's right. no like more basic way I can describe that. But everything within any vaccine ever is a biologic. Because it's either a dead bacteria or a dead virus or 
DNA piece of the bacteria and or virus or an RNA piece of the bacteria or virus or excuse me, bacteria or virus. And all of which kind of just determines on what we're targeting or is determined by what we're targeting. So what is the, uh, what is the main step that's left uh, to, to satisfy it? Right. It's all just, it's all just bullshit, right? It's names on papers, people signing it's, off it's, on. It's not, it's not fully bullshit. So I can almost guarantee you that the Johnson and Johnson is not going to get full approval because okay. now for the biologics app, biologics license application, all of these companies have already a, a applied for that. It's just an application. Once the FDA stamps off on it, then it's fully fully approved. They approve of your application. Um, and being that Pfizer and Moderna have a north of a 94% effectivity, efficacy on this right. vaccine or on their vaccines, pretty much just guarantees that Johnson & Johnson is going to get cut. They're not making the squad. Uh, so the full approval is based on efficacy. The emergency right. use is based on safety and sort of on efficacy. Like it, the emergency use, as long as it works and it's also safe, they if it works to a point and it's also safe, like if it's guaranteed safe and it somewhat works, they will be approved for emergency use if we have no other option. Right. But be, being the fact that Pfizer and Moderna are north of 90%, like they're getting the stamp. It's just we're waiting on bureaucracy to push it through. Right. So. Everybody that knows anything about bureaucracies knows it takes a lot of time. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think in this show we've been talking about infrastructure for four years, five years. So, yeah. Yeah. The red tape yeah. is real. <laughs> right. And we've talked about it uh, before this show for many years as well. Um, so, it, yeah, it's one of those things that we're, we're finally getting after years and years. Um, all right. So let me ask you then to relate back to the earlier um arguments about and against and the fight that's going on in our, that we see playing out in society now um as far as mask mandates in schools and public buildings and workplaces and then uh vaccines vaccine mandates for the same um where do you guys individually fall on that as soon as this is as soon as this hits full fda approval I feel like because this falls under like a seasonal, um, it's a seasonal respiratory virus. Like it's almost guaranteed that this is going to be seasonal. Like even if we manage to get it out of all humans, it still has an animal reservoir. Right. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to exist in society at the rate of the flu it is more contagious than the flu that has been proven by yes. reasons we've already talked about. Yeah. But it's a seasonal respiratory virus. I do not see them mandating children necessarily, although it's not completely out of the ordinary for there to be mandatory, mandatory for children to go to school. I definitely right. think that teachers are going to have to get this virus or excuse me, not this virus, this vaccine. And 
depending on how the variants play out, and if there's if there's a variant at all in the future that that eludes the current vaccines that we have, I can very well see this this being a seasonal like booster vaccine. How the flu is almost exactly like teachers have to get the flu vaccine every year. Yeah, like it, it is mandatory for teachers and healthcare workers to get the flu and vaccine. It sh- it should be like especially healthcare workers, um, because and like and especially those working with the sickest of children, like you know the the ones yeah. that are in the pediatric oncology ward. You should absolutely yeah. be required. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah it does. It doesn't make sense not to. And what's crazy to me about that thought is that like now we're finding out because of like this pushback and fallout of like the of where work what workplaces are requiring and what uh, hospitals and and so on provided and health providers are, are requiring their staff to be uh vaccinated is that like back when the vaccine first came about they were the first ones that had the opportunity to get it and i remember how long it took us to get vaccinated um because we were because we had to wait in line for that like there were people that were that were they broke they rolled this out in stages and in classifications and like whatever um and so to so to me it's been kind of surprising just to see the amount of nurses and such that have not been vaccinated yet did not take that opportunity uh when they were basically first in line uh, that's kind of crazy to me to see that i know uh, and like normal logic you would think that those individuals would just be like yes this is where i work this is what i should do but i think the reality of our society is that it doesn't matter what your occupation is or what your situation in life is that the percentage of people that fall into these this misinformation beliefs that have been pushed out by sources like QAnon or a particular uh, bipartisan party movement, it, right? It's just sad. It it infiltrates every walk of life. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's a it's a bummer. I'm going to change the subject now uh, from the pandemic um, to another bummer that we're not going to enjoy talking about, but I think we're going to uh, have some things to say about it. Um, Afghanistan has fallen today. Um, As of this recording, we're recording on August 15th. And uh, what's their capital? Kabul? Kabul. Kabul. Um, has been overtaken by the Taliban today, and so the country is now in Taliban control. And which is, for me, that's a, that's a weird thing to be saying as an adult, because it's because this shit started when I was a kid, um, and so now to be twenty or twenty-one years later, and and, and saying this as an adult <laughs> that like. The guys that we went in there to to get rid of are back in control. Um, as soon as we leave, as soon as soon as we are leaving the country, um, that's a that's a weird thing to 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 have to talk about. Um, 
Jim, I'll probably let you lead us a little bit on that subject uh, and then and interject as as it becomes appropriate. But uh, this is kind of kind of a big story um, today. Yeah. So, I mean, we haven't even <laughs> we haven't even fully left the country and Taliban completely have control of everything with the exception of Kabul's airport, which Kabul's airport, the only reason that we still have control on it is that we are, it's probably done by now. It started late afternoon today that we were evacuating the embassy and all of the workers. But as soon as that, like as soon as the last embassy worker gets on the board, on, on board the plane, that plane is also reserved for the remaining military uh, personnel in the country. And yeah, because the no more the, U.S. footprint there. The president, um, that is his title, right? Fled. Yes. Yeah. And I've even yeah. seen reports uh, that he Ash, was essentially Ashraf, in hiding. Yeah, Ashraf Ghani. Yeah, and I've seen reports that today. he was essentially in hiding before then because he didn't feel it was safe and stuff. That he's essentially been in like lockdown for a while, and then well, he yeah, just fled and anybody, country. anybody, any any Afghan citizen that worked with or for the U.S. government over the course of the past two decades is essentially a target by, for the Taliban. Oh, yeah. Like, when yeah. I when I saw them, they closed the embassy, and I was like, smart move. You know how often embassy people get taken hostage? Like, that, that's a reoccurring <laughs> You know, every situation that we've ever had in the Middle yeah. East. Right? Yeah, ask no Carter. Shit. Ask any other president. Um, and how did this all... How did this fall apart? Like, I saw an article today that claimed uh, that it was, like, low... Le- like lower level members of the military and stuff who had like made uh, deals, brokered deals with Taliban leaders to basically like uh, allow them to come back in um, and take over so, certain, certain cities. Yeah. This, this is different than Iraq. So Iraq uh, just had like spots of radicals and that, that happens in every country in the middle East. Uh, you could make the argument that it happens in every country of the world that there's little dots of radicals, but Iraq in particular only had a handful of radical groups. And then obviously ISIS uh, overran nearly all of the Iraqi military and national police that we had in place whenever we left. Uh, right. They were subsequently dealt with by locals with the aid of the U S over the following years. And, more or less eradicated. Uh, now, whether or not we see that in Afghanistan is yet to be determined. And I think there's less of a chance of that occurring in Afghanistan because of how deep the roots of the Taliban go into that country. The Taliban has been the quote-unquote protectors of Afghanistan for, I'm, I'm thinking it goes on two centuries. The Ottoman wow. Empire tried to invade Afghanistan and got booted out. So that's how long ago that was. Is, uh, it, yeah, the, because the Taliban think, uh, have been around in Afghanistan for nearly as long as there's been written word. Right. So Americans had, tend to have this this thought that when you say the Taliban, you mean like ISIS. You mean like um, I'm trying to think not, of not even close like, to the same thing. And they're not, but in Americans' eyes, we tend to just lump them in. Yeah, and no, say I that you yeah, just mean like uh, I did. I did that. Boko Haram or whatever. You're like, yeah, yeah they're just you know. Yeah, uh, they're not just your run of mill, run of the mill radicals like the the, the Taliban, which is why 
were more or less like the Afghani government for centuries. Like right. that's which is which is I think it had more Americans known that in two thousand three when we invaded you know Iraq and stuff and like or when we got into Afghanistan even. Had yeah, they known that, like, late, we're late not taking this isn't we had a military presence in Afghanistan. Yeah, but had they known at the time, like, oh, we're not just taking out a terrorist group. We're ta- we're trying to take out something that has been there for longer than we've been a country. I think we would have been a little more trying, hesitant trying to, to think culture. that. Yeah, to think that we could actually get rid of something like that. This would have been like trying to take down like the Romans, but like in the middle of it, like yeah, right, yeah, yeah. like. But, like, yeah, the, no. the Carthaginians tried that; didn't happen. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So that's 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 crazy to me. Um, that I guess it's, that, I like, guess it's not crazy to me when like when understanding the Taliban as that as as a multi century old uh, force in Afghanistan and essentially like, like the, the ruling class. Essentially like, the the entire country is ran off of tribes. So like uh, a good example for us Americans to understand would be native Americans pre-colonization. Okay. Uh, the entire country like has several different dialects ranging from, I don't know the exact name. So I'm just going to say like the regions like Northeast is a different dialect than central and central is a different dialect than both Northeast and the South. Like, Right, and there's different cultures that go along with that. But the Taliban was like kind of overarching; like they all kind of talked to each other a little bit and somewhat got along. There was some inter-tribal feuding, but mm. for the most part, they all worked in harmony. And like in closer to modern times, especially after multiple invasions, they had a network set up to where they could deal with any foreign invaders. Like they still had their small squabbles, but I mean, you see that in the United States from state to state. Like, right, you see right. how we Missourians yeah. don't necessarily like Illinois, and for 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 no reason other than that there's a state divide. Yeah, so, they they drive like shit though. Like, <laughs> <laughs> come on, like I've so, never been behind um, an Illinois plate and wanted to be. Have you ever ever been behind a Taliban plate though? And, <laughs> no, and, I have not. No, I'm not. I'm not like I'm not saying this as like an apologist level. Like like people are probably gonna listen to this and label me as that. Do it, whatever. But you don't understand what I'm talking about if you label me as that. Like this, yeah. this is just their it's, culture. It's, this is the way yeah, they have you, been. And you have to understand this is that what they know. Like so, the people that have been modernized within Afghanistan for the. I mean, we've been there for two decades. How are you? You're not going to avoid modernizing the city folk that have lived in and around Americans for the past twenty years. Right. Like, they they cultures are going to intermingle. Yeah, they figured out ways to make money with us by providing you know interpreters or. It, like local intelligence and then even the governments that we had set up locally like they're ingrained with us and they've gotten a taste of what like 21st civilized society looks like as far as a western front goes and mm-hmm. they they kind of like that and right. a lot of those people have also tried to flee the country as well as just the president uh right it's that uh, it's that Soviet Union thing of like you can you can put instill as much American hate as you want, but the moment they see a pair of Levi's jeans, they're gonna be like, oh shit, those are well made. Right. right. Um, yeah. I am curious, Jim, how much do you think? Because like when Biden got in, he had uh, Trump had talked a lot about wanting to withdraw the troops, and he did somewhat. He did uh, withdraw, never got us down to zero, and Obama think- actually had you know had the same goal. 
It's been every goal since fucking Bush and Cheney got us yeah. into the Middle East. And I, to get I think, out. I think the biggest reason that nobody prior to Bush decided to even attempt to pull out is because they all know, they all knew that as soon as we left the country, this was going to happen. Like right. Obama knew it, mm-hmm. so that's the reason he didn't fully pull everybody out. And then whenever the 2016 election rolled around, anybody that had Obama's name, like even remotely on the resume got trashed for Afghanistan and why we haven't left yet. And then right. Trump has four years. He, he, he reduces our footprint over there, but he doesn't pull out either because he knows that if he does, it's going to be in his namesake. So right. to this point, Biden's been the one that's finally bit the bullet. And I yeah, will right. say, I will say <clears throat> that he, he made an extremely stupid move by guaranteeing that he, he went on national television and guaranteed that this wasn't going to happen, that the Taliban weren't going to take control. It's like, yeah, dude, what dumb. are you talking about? <laughs> that you is know, exactly like, what's going to happen as soon as we leave. I, like, looking back on that, it's hard not to be like, you know the Taliban are going to watch this, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, they don't have they don't have all their news stations turned to CNN. Yeah, they're, they're, they're like, okay, you called me out. Even if I didn't have the, the mean, or not the means, they definitely have the means to take it back over, hence they already have. But... Even if they didn't want to, they're like, "Oh, well, he said we weren't, so we're gonna now." <laughs> I'm just, I'm kind of curious, Jim, about what you think because I know that like uh, Trump came out and put out a press conference saying that like Biden has completely blown. He essentially said that like I had the perfect plan in place, all right, and because I Biden's have, in there, he messed it up. <laughs> nice. So it's from Slate, and the very the, the title is hilarious. It says. Trump's other big lie. <laughs> Trump's, new, Trump's new big lie, Afghanistan. Uh, Biden has handled the withdrawal very badly. That doesn't mean Trump would have done any better. That's the perfect subtitle because that's that. There's there's so much truth to that that it's just fact. Right, and like, it is one of those things. I think that like you can legitimately criticize Biden as you could anybody in that there is no good move to make. But that doesn't no. mean that like that the past presidents whether they be uh trump obama it's, or bush get a it's pass this, this is the same situation as when obama pulled out of iraq like it's the right. exact same but more so because the taliban are more ingrained in afghanistan's culture and society it just like every aspect of afghanistan is taliban it's never not been for at least 200 years so we're, we, we now join the ranks of the Ottomans, the British, and the, the Soviets that we have left Afghanistan with our tail between our legs. Now, I have, I have seen, I had somebody argue with me online uh, over that point today and say that, uh, no, that the Russians were doing a good job until America backed the Taliban and gave them weapons. But I would now after having this Dude, we did that when the soviets were in afghanistan any has anybody right. seen carly wilson's war <laughs> right well it it almost it's a great to, movie to me it becomes this idea that like whoever was making that argument um against me is still thinking of this in terms of like the taliban is the equivalent of isis like if this is a hundred like if these guys have been the the ruling class for hundreds of years it doesn't matter what brief period of time whatever 
uh, foreign power that's been fighting them, like they're always going to take back over, like they're because it's part of right. the society. And and it's not the same as if somebody were to invade the U.S. and push us out. Like, I'm I'd actually be willing to bet that it'd actually be pretty similar because there's a lot of folks that would just retreat into the hills, and then as soon as whether it be 20 or 50 years later, as soon as that person leaves and decided they had enough, we just take it all back over. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it's, it's a the, thing of like, we're thing. the ones it's who the have to live sentiment. here. Like, this is yeah. our home. We have to live here. We know you're just visiting. And the moment your vacation is over, like our, this is like, cause this is the land of like my children and my children, you know, like it kind of puts all kind of here forever. You, you would puts... have to kill every last one of them down to the last man to, get like a true victory and we know that yeah. doesn't happen and that's just not era. like yeah. yeah i mean that's your what you what we've just described is the same as the israel palestine uh conflict or any conflict across the world like you're going yeah. to until you decimate one side of it you it's not well, you know the other thing too, like which, like I'm not saying you should decimate. Oh one no, you, side you of definitely it. shouldn't. Yeah. Like uh, what you right. need is someone to bite the bullet, and I'm like, like if Biden truly is only going to run for one term, I could see him being the president. That's just like, look, it might be written in the history books that like I withdrew, but like long term, a hundred years from now, I'm going to be seen as the president that prevented an even bigger calamity. Like I could, if I, that is I the could, case, I, I hope so. And, but... and 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 Trump had like a. A complete whataboutism in the article that I just talked about, too. Uh, Trump issued the following statement on Thursday amid the collapse of the Afghan army in the wake of Biden's pullout that had our 2020 president's election not been rigged. And if I were now the president, the, the world would find that our withdrawal from Afghanistan would be a conditions based withdrawal. I had personally I personally had discussions with top Taliban leaders whereby they understood that what they're now doing would not been have would not have been acceptable it would have been a much different and much more successful withdrawal and the taliban understood that much better than anyone so i i just want to stop you okay like, we, we yeah we because all the, because, yeah because the taliban gave a shit what trump had to right. say about it mm-hmm. also like just like kim jong-un did but we i can also tell that like Trump didn't write that. His his press secretaries did because we all read four years of Trump tweets and heard him speak. We yeah, know how a, he speaks. He yeah, does not speak a, in those words. That's a Jason Miller tweet right, right there. Like that's <laughs> Stephen else. Miller? Uh, no, Jason Miller. He's oh, a that's right. One one day there will be an un-American about him because I hate – go look at my Twitter. I fucking hate that guy. <laughs> but I think it's important to see that like – Biden came out today and said something, or recently, and said something like, "Look, I inherited a shit show." He, Trump, had left just two, uh, twenty five hundred troops in Afghanistan, you know, like. So of course, I had to put twenty five hundred. I didn't know that actual number. I, I, I'm, I, I, I just I believe I've, since two thousand eleven, since my last tour in Afghanistan, I've completely just like turned it off. Like I don't, yeah. I don't really understand look into it all that much yeah. because I feel like the country should, like, we should have withdrawn from Afghanistan in 2011 because when i was over there like we didn't do anything like we had we had like a budget so low that our mission like rate like so i fueled and rearmed helicopters and in my 2008 to 2000 or 2009 to 2010 tour we had you know like 10 groups of birds 
every couple of hours. Birds meeting helicopters. Like we were, we right. were refueling, yeah, rearming right. almost nonstop on our entire shift. And then my second tour in 2011, 2012, like we'd maybe get two groups of birds for the whole day, if that. Yeah, and I like and the, I, I want to be fair that I can't I can't confirm a hundred percent that twenty five hundred is what Trump left this at at the end of his that is what Biden claimed when he was kind of passing the buck as every president does. Well, Trump's it, doing it right. You know, you always blame so, the other guy. Even so, like there was twenty five hundred troops in Kabul in Bagram Air Force Base whenever I was there in two thousand eight two thousand nine. Yeah, like just that one little base, just so outside I mean, like, of Kabul. In, and if that is true, and I know, I know it's true that like Trump did, it, 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 like I think we talked about this when Trump was in office that like I was kind of torn because like I'm one of those people that wants the 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 forever wars in the Middle East to end, but there's no good way to pull out at this point that aren't that isn't going to cause cause collateral damage, you know, it's, or or criticism. Isn't this fair to say that like all of this? granted i agree that biden makes a stupid uh like that's a that's an idiotic thing to say it it just shows a complete lack of understanding of the people that you're dealing with to say that they're not going to we i guarantee they're not going to take back over like that is that's a stupid thing to say um but doesn't this all lie at the foot of bush and cheney i mean hundred percent. Because oh, yeah. they, I mean, they, they're they, the ones that got they, us there, and they got us into they, this forever war conundrum that they, we got going on. And I would even say, and they, you, and you, they you did give it. Clinton and Bush won some credit because of the first Gulf War leading into the Saddam thing, and then yeah, Clinton but that was it, you know. But again, that was Iraq. Like we ended up in Afghanistan yeah. for Osama bin Laden, oh, a country, that's, yeah, that's a true. country that he never went to. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like. Yeah. So, um, what? And we had so no we, fucking we plan. Were, we, <laughs> we were all those we weapons chasing... of mass destruction. Oh, Iraq did. That was Iraq. That's the Iraq claim. We but still have no right, idea yeah, why we're in Afghanistan. Whole, well, <laughs> yeah, we were there for a reason to get like off the get go. I could say that you know you got like the colloquial deck of cards where you have all of your terrorist leaders. Where you go after one, you you toss that out of the deck of cards until you're done with them. Um, and we kind of achieved that from 2001 to when was Osama killed? 2012, I do believe. Uh, yeah, I think that's right. So from 2012 to present, we really haven't been doing anything. Like we got all the leaders. Yeah. Like we 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 got stuck into a mindset. And it started changing around 2010. We got stuck into this mindset that we could change the entire country. But what that was, was the, the most that was the most arrogant, stupid thing that we could have ever set our sights on. So did the, the you'll have to remind me uh, because it, because we were young when all this shit started. Um, obviously, the Taliban was the ruling, and I'm not saying that the Taliban is great. I actually have an article here to for in though so I'll read in a oh, second about about not, why they're. But, they're not but, great. But um, such is life in the Middle East. Right. But how, like, so why, how did they flee? How did that go down? Like, did we directly go after the Taliban when we entered uh, 100%. Afghanistan? 100%. Yeah. Okay. We, our, our whole mission statement in Afghanistan was to deny them freedom of movement and then attrite the enemy. So we infiltrated their network of their relationships with the civilian tribal elders and then eventually won over like their trust and 
we figured out where we had a patrol to keep the Taliban from moving. And once you deny your enemy freedom of movement, they can't go anywhere. Then it's just search and destroy. Right. Um, so, but how does that relate to our mission for Osama bin Laden? Like, is it unrelated completely because Osama, or does it have to do with our relationship with Pakistan? Because we never like went into Pakistan without permission, right? Like we never tried, but there would be arguments to, there are arguments to be made. Osama bin Laden was in Pakistan the whole fucking time. There's obviously terrorism in Pakistan as well. So why not Pakistan? Why Afghanistan in the early 2000s? So the, the, the Taliban's main like area of operation is Afghanistan. Like Afghanistan is their home. But did, so did they fund Osama Osama bin Laden? Is that the relationship between the two? Technically, Al Qaeda did, and you remember from Iraq that Al Qaeda was the main terrorist group working in Iraq, right? Uh, Al Qaeda and the Taliban kind of had like a loose affiliation where they shared like funding, and that's what funded the initial. 2001 September 11th attacks on America. So then, okay. like, that's kind of what married the two as, like, our main enemies. Although, and, in Saudi Arabia, too, right? Who just kind of, like, got off for funding 9-11. Saudi Arabia, is so, like, has so much money. There's, like, that power thing there that, like, yeah, I guarantee never... you that there were some rich princes that kind of just gave money away to these people. Yeah. Um... And and because I mean the majority of the 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 hijackers on nine eleven, which is what we went to war for, were Saudis. So it, it, the majority of the hijackers, yeah, were their, Saudis, their, their I, nationality, their nationality doesn't necessarily matter nearly as much as to what terrorist group they were affiliated with. Gotcha. So all yeah. of all of the nine eleven attackers were affiliated with. Al-Qaeda, which was affiliated with the Taliban. So we initially went after the Taliban because that was Osama's, like, he was, like, you know, their five-star general. He was head honcho of of the Taliban, and Al-Qaeda had, like, the the connections that got Osama what he needed for 9-11. I gotcha. So this article uh, I pulled from The Independent just uh, for any young listeners that we have that weren't um, old enough to remember September 11th, which is a crazy thing for the three of us to think about, but it's been 20 years. So, um, so this article is from the independent. It is I'm old to... enough to remember that at every anniversary of September 11th, from when it happened until I got out of school, that, yeah, that stupid Alan Jackson song got played for five Not... minutes Remember when <laughs> Lee Greenwood yeah. uh, had the "I'm proud to be an American" song? Um, that was before oh. 9/11, right? No, uh, it it may Alan, have been Alan Jackson's became... uh, "Remember When" or whatever it was called was made. Yeah, specifically that was specifically for. about 9/11. I think mm. I could have swore that the one you're talking about, Brandon, predate. I, I remember that as a I kid. Think, I could be wrong though. I think you might be right that it does predate it. I just remember that it was on a bunch of commercials and oh, he played was, a bunch of st- shows yeah. with that after, like, like he baseball sold a games of copies, and shit. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, okay, so this is this article. 
uh, is called Taliban admits to possible return of amputation, stonings, and execution. It's up to Islamic laws. Pulled this article specifically because uh, we have been talking about the history of the Taliban and why it was uh, why it was kind of dumb for us to go there in the first place and to think that we were going to change the uh, the culture of the country. Um, I, I, Jim, you had said that people are going to say that we're ap- apologists. Um, we're not. The, the Taliban is not good. Uh, we're acknowledging what the the, t- the Taliban's historical um, connections to the land and to the region and whatever. But and, and why want- they're never going away unless we just stay there forever. Right. Um, But I do want to read a little bit about the Taliban and why they are bad. Um, Amputations, stonings and and executions of criminals could return in Afghanistan after the Taliban takeover. The the organization has admitted as its fighters prepared to assume power in Kabul, uh, the militant Islamist group insisted it would protect the rights of women, the media and diplomats. But asked about violence. Right. Um, But asked about uh, violent punishment of offenders, a hallmark of the brutal Taliban rule in the 1990s, a spokesman said that is up to religious followers and the courts. They will decide about the punishment. Asked specifically about the chopping off of hands and feet, stonings and state killings, uh, Suhail Shaheen told the BBC, I can't say right now, it's up to the courts and the judges and the laws. The comments came even as Mr. Shaheen otherwise sought to calm fears about the return of the group to power, including that its leadership uh, cannot control many of its fighters. Quote, we assure the people, particularly in the city of Kabul, that their properties, their lives are safe. Um, End quote, the spokesman said in an interview. Quote, our leadership had instructed our forces to remain at the gates of Kabul, not to enter the city. We are awaiting a peaceful transfer of power. End quote. A Taliban rule became notorious for punishments, including public executions for convicted murderers and amputations for people found guilty of theft. Women were also completely excluded from public life, such as employment and education, with girls aged 10 and over discouraged from going to school. The militant group has also banned television, music, and cinema and destroyed non-Islamic relics, such as in 2001, the famous, uh, I'm going to butcher this, Bamiyan Buddha statues in central Afghanistan. Uh, Horror stories have already emerged from the areas that have fallen to the Taliban insurgents in recent days. Last month, fighters from the group walked into the offices of Azizi Bank in the southern city of Kandahar and ordered nine women working there to leave so that male relatives could take their place. The Taliban believed no one should leave the country because we need all the talents and capacity. We need all of us to stay in the country and participate. Uh, Dominic, I don't know if it's Raib or how, how you pronounce that under the under fire foreign secretary is believed to be returning from a holiday as the crisis deepens. He tweeted that he had shared my deep concerns with the Afghan foreign minister, adding uh, critical that the international community is united in telling the Taliban that the violence must end and human rights must be protected. So that is a little bit about the Taliban and where we find ourselves currently. I'll I'll believe all of it when I see it. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like Kim Jong-un saying that, like, yeah, we'll stop nuclear testing as long as you stop asking us about it. 
right? Yeah. Like, um, yeah, it, 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 there's not a good track record in the region of these types of like, things changing. I feel like we're at the same, like, you could, you could just write a sequel and not change much of Team America and we'd be in the same spot. Yeah. It's just Team America 2.0. It's world, depressing. World releasing. It, well, absolutely, especially because we spent 20 years there. And people I know, dollars, pe- thousands people I know, of lives. Yeah, people I know personally died over there. And yeah. yeah. But it's a yeah. travesty. There's yeah. nothing about this is not tragic. Like, the entire thing is a complete tragedy. The, the fact that it lasted 20 years. The fact that we've known for at least 15 of those years that this is exactly what was going to happen whenever we left. Right. The and, fact that Liz, Liz Cheney and, can get like, on TV and criticize, like, they're doing it wrong. Being like, I, well, man, I, your husband it, is the one that started this. Ex- dad. Exactly. Dad. Or, I'm yeah. dead. Yeah, I'm sorry. Exactly. I don't understand how anybody thought that this could have possibly went any other way. And like, really, people, people that are surprised right now that this is how this is going down. I'm like, what rock have you been living under? Like, have you what? looked at if you spent any more than five minutes just reading articles about the country, you would know that this is exactly how this is going to happen. Like, I went What's there for more? two year long stints and I knew I knew after the first one that this is exactly what was going to happen whenever we left on the inevitability that we were going to leave. Like, this is right. no different than Vietnam. This is Vietnam only more so. Yeah. This, what makes it more disgusting is that. There have been, there have always been the accusations, or there's the reality that members of the Bush administration who took us into this endless war made billions of dollars, millions and billions oh, yeah. of dollars yeah. off of it. That's that's uh, where the American people's main anger should be: is the military-industrial complex. Right. Right. Yeah. There's and the people who had who had stock in so many Halliburton there, and you know yeah. There's so many people that from 2001 to now are billionaires because of this. Like, right? You should right. be angry at them. Mm-hmm. You should not be angry at a president that finally had the gall to just say we're done. Yeah. 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 I mean, you should definitely be angry at the situation, but just uh, focus your energy. It's, Don't forget the people who not, got us here. It's in not the first Biden's place. fault. This was going to yeah, happen well, no I mean, matter who pulled out. Biden right. has a little bit of responsibility, but like it, it's cascading. The, the The responsibility starts at Bush and it gets less severe as you go on because everyone else is cleaning up the mess that was left by the previous. Tenants. I would I would say though that we've already we've already hit on Biden's biggest mistake. The guarantee that this wasn't going to happen is just. Oh, yeah, right. you should have never said that. If he didn't that, say that, then I guarantee you this wouldn't have as much hubbub. Right. Yeah. If he would have just came out and said the truth, like this, you told the truth that this is just going to flat out be a mess. Nobody would be batting any eyes right now. I mean, they would because you have opportunists who would be jumping on. It's the same thing. I mean, we've said that, like, had Trump taken us out, it was going to be his legacy that this is what was going to happen. Had uh, the, had Obama taken us out, this it was going to be his legacy. that well, this is, he, that, that, he did it with they, Iraq, and he was like, nah, I don't want any of that second. I don't want that sequel that, with Afghanistan. Second wave. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and like, and then it doesn't, it's not an acceptable answer to why you didn't do what you should have done. Um, but it also does, to me, it, it puts Biden's decision um, in kind of a different 
scope or on a, a different historical shelf. context, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Because it's like so, at some point somebody was gonna have to go. Nah, we're not gonna keep doing this, and and it sucks. And here's the thing that I'll say: um, I, it's shitty for the people of Afghanistan who are not who are going to suffer as a result of us leaving but at this but it what sucks is that like after 20 years if you were not capable of of making of making sure this didn't happen then there was like you weren't ever going to make sure no, that like, this wasn't going to happen we've, we've had 20 years worth of top leaders in the military trying to crack this egg and we didn't get there yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, it's un- it's unfortunate, and the thing that sucks is we're going to see a lot more xenophobia um, because we're oh, going to. Sure. I, we're going to trust be- me. Pe- people that I know from my prior service, and even some family members, have texted me over the past couple of days, and I'm just like, at least half of you are missing the point. Like, there's right. a few. I feel. Like, the, I, I will say two thirds of the people that I served with like are on the same sentiment as I am. Like we just knew that this was going to happen. The the people that are not on the same sentiment as me and my fellow service members, they're for a lack of a better term, they're Trumpites. And they have that, they have that mentality of, Oh, this is just completely, you know, all on Biden. Trump would have done better. And, well, I, can't, gonna... I can't believe that this is happening, and I'm never going to talk like... to a Democrat again because it's completely their fault. Like, I'm like, how? How did you? How? Like, pause, pause, hit the pause button, and think about this for like 20 seconds. How did you get to that as your right. like solution in your brain? And all of them are just like, whatever. <laughs> I feel like you can't feel... even be. You can't be honest about this. Right? No. I feel like the Middle East, like trying to solve the Middle East, is like a uh, colorblind person looking at a Rubik's cube, and they keep changing it. And they're like, I, I, I don't know, is this blue or green? I think I solved it, but who fucking knows? Right. I do see, though, because we're going to have a refugee influx off of this. Like we're going to. There are going to be people. Well, and you know least... what's sad is like it's going to be like you run of the mill citizens that are going to be our refugees instead of who we should have supported. So all the people that were interpreters for us, they should have had a, a ticket out faster than the embassy did. Right. But we failed them. It's the yeah. same thing. It's the same thing with Iraq, how we completely turned our backs on the Kurds. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. It, like, this isn't going to cause uh, future problems and more forever wars 20 years down the line. When these people, when the children of the parents that we've been screwing over grow up to hate America with reason, you know, and then yep. we can rent, rent we're in the process. We're, we're creating yep. new terrorists is all we're doing. So Which has been... whenever my son is in middle school, we can expect this to happen again. <sighs> Man. That's a. <laughs> it got very hit home real quick, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, because because we sit here as the as the as members of the the millennial generation who have experienced all of this, like yeah, yeah. All, we, we we know all of us know at least five people 
that have, have been there, done that, got yeah. the t-shirt with this. Mm-hmm. Well, and 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 we watched it cause economic collapse. We watched all of the, like, we watched the gas prices skyrocket before we could even drive. And yeah. we watched the it stock was, market fall. It was and we, $4.50 a gallon in Tennessee in 2009. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, you know, the idea that, like, this is going to – that there was no plan, there was there was no end game. Of course, Excuse this was going to happen. That was 2007. That was before I left, not after and I got back. That was 2007. That was Bush administration. Yeah, um, it's just man, it's that's hard. That's hard to deal with as a millennial. That like we're going to be living this for our entire fucking lives. Um, yeah. yeah. So. You know, I don't know. Anyway, I'm gonna we're gonna change gears for the last little bit of this episode uh, because I because I feel like uh, I feel like it sucks. Like I feel like Afghanistan sucks. It's shitty. It's it's sad that we're at this place with it, and I feel like we should have a little bit more. I'm not saying that what we're gonna talk about for the last few minutes isn't gonna suck, but I'm gonna say that like I think we'll laugh at it a little bit more. Um, so Frank, <laughs> I, I think that you've got some conspiracy uh, stories that you wanted to to talk to us about. So I will probably let you lead this section um, and and talk to us about the the life uh, or or inside the world of uh, the the conspiracy MAGA crew. Yeah, so if you guys thought that Trump losing the election, the popular vote twice in a row, would dissuade uh, conspiracy theorists or his supporters, you were wrong. <laughs> um, since since Obama's taken over, we've seen the, um, the propagation of the big lie. Even people uh, like Lindsey Graham on January 6th who got up there and was like, I'm done, count me out, is funny. now backpedaling. Yeah, I gotta say, I gotta say, I correct you because you you gaffed and said Obama, and we oh, don't need we don't need to start new conspiracies. No, I'm sorry. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yes, I'm sorry. Since Biden took over, well, yeah, they believe that Trump or Obama's secretly taken over behind the scenes. <laughs> I'm sure they do. <laughs> so, um, but we have seen a a huge uh, election recall audit. Uh, I don't even know what to call it. Conspiracies uh, surrounding the big lie that Trump really won, Biden really lost. They were really fueled uh, by Arizona and their de facto. Right, and actually Arizona is the one we're going to get into. This is from a Guardian article uh, called or headlined "Arizona Ballot Auction uh, Audit Backed by Secretive Donors Linked to Trump's Inner Circle." Um, and it go it uh, starts with uh, I'm gonna say dark Mike, money group. Mike Lindell is the main guy. It's not even that. Well, I mean, maybe. Well, this, well, there's probably some pillow money in there. I'm sure there's <laughs> pillow money in there. This one is actually the Arizona, uh, the the actual Arizona State GOP uh, that have been that is so like this. So this to me, this is even shittier than Mike Lindell um, because like these guys have fucking power. Like, do your job and don't play these partisan bullshit games. Um, right. And I actually, just to quote the article, it says. Um, Republicans in the Arizona State Senate, which authorized the the inquiry, which is they're talking about the the, the audit of the election, um, says they allocated one hundred fifty thousand dollars in state funds to pay for said audit, just a fraction of what the projected overall cost is going to be, which is still unknown. They don't even know how much it's going to cost, but the 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 GOP Senate gave them one hundred fifty thousand dollars, even though the state has enough money in its operating budget to pay for the investigation. They still chose not to pay the full amount, 
which you'd wonder why, but then you you start to read later on, and you realize that most of the reviews, um, which are being conducted by Open Secrets and uh, or um, the Arizona Republicans and a, a company called Cyber Ninjas, which is based out of Florida. <laughs> I don't know why Ninjas. a Florida company is. That's of course, what it they is. call themselves. <laughs> of course, it is. This is Cobra Kai of internet security. <laughs> Yes. Um, questions now to read the article. Questions about funds uh, come as the Arizona Senate has faced security or scrutiny for why it hired cyber ninjas, a firm with little experience in auditing elections, to oversee its massive review. Uh, also, given the fact that Doug Logan, the firm's exe- uh, chief executive, has expressed support for the idea that the election was stolen for Trump, so there is an inherent bias. I mean, I if I ventured to make money off of it, especially if it's in if it's over a hundred thousand, I would be like, yeah, totally support that. <laughs> And then the last little part of this article, just because I know it's going to piss Brandon off, um, the president of the Arizona State Senate said last year she received a phone call from Trump uh, thanking her for, quote, pushing to prove any fraud, according to emails obtained by American Oversight, a left-leaning watchdog group. And that woman's name is Karen Fan. Oh, Of course it's Karen. Of course it is a Karen. Um, Also, like— She married to a Jeff. Uh, so I would I'm gonna put money on that one. I do believe that there is a, a chance that this Arizona audit because it is being so heavily favored. It's in a state that the GOP controls. It's being paid for secretly by a bunch of groups and super PACs that are tied to Trump and and big Trump donors. This is gonna be a problem because people are already willing to believe that the the big lie idea that the election was stolen. These people are gonna find any and all um inconsistencies or conspiracies to further that lie under the sheen of like oh we were the official auditors here's we just had to hire a shady company from florida who had never done this kind of work before here's the thing that that aggravates me the most this is arizona okay arizona has 11 electoral votes the final count in the 2020 election was 306 biden to 232 trump 11 doesn't mean shit so even if we play your game and we just give Donald Trump Arizona, it does not change the outcome of the fucking election. What exactly. it does is it sets a precedent for other dickhead Republican-run states to play the same game if we just allow them to take electoral votes that they don't deserve, which we're obviously not, and they haven't proven, and this is this whole thing is just a stupid game to waste money. Right. And but, like... Can- and you can add on to that that it's not just – I mean Arizona is obviously the one that people are keeping the most track of, but you also have Colorado, and you know you have other states that are doing this that are – people are questioning the official process. So they're spreading baseless claims. Missouri – or excuse me, Arizona holds about as much like water over election results as Missouri does. Like So right. we right. have 10 electoral college votes, and Arizona has 11. So like really – what are we doing here? Yeah, this is stupid. All all they're trying to do, I mean, other than just waste money and and um, undermine confidence. It's really undermining confidence, but I really think that it's even more shallow than that. I really believe that they want those Trump voters to keep those people in office, and they know if they do this, that they that the Trump voters will come out and and vote for them in these Republican states. 
um, and then they can keep their jobs. I really do think that this is mostly for personal gain and not even for Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. They see this yeah. as a way that if they if they stay attached to Donald Trump, then they can benefit, and that is what they are using him for. So, they, it, like, I don't even think that they had that. There's even really any heart in this. I don't think that well, there is any. So, I think all I of wanna... this comes down to what I always beat the dead horse on is that we don't have term limits. If we had term yeah, limits, I mean, this wouldn't be a re- recurring problem because yeah. people are just constantly trying to play onto their party line. So I do want like, uh, to... That's why we have fucking to, Matt Gates. Right. <laughs> Fair. Um, just to argue against your point for a little bit, Brandon, about they don't, this, their heart's not in it. They're doing it just for the votes. I definitely believe there's a lot of them that do that. But the, the scary part to me is there are a lot of believers. Um, so from a Vice News article uh, entitled Election Officials Accused of Helping Leak Data to QAnon Leader, um, a Colorado election official who is a fervent supporter of Trump's big lie is now being accused of compromising her co- county's voting machines and allowing information to be leaked to one of QAnon's biggest promoters, who shared it to the world this week at Mike Lindell's symposium. So um, the uh, allegation is that uh, at some point uh, before May 25th, um, I think her name is Teresa Peters. Tina. Um, what's Tina, that? Tina, Tina Peters. Yeah, thank you. Tina. Uh, that's my mom's name. I don't know how I didn't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Tina Peters' office ordered Mesa County staff to turn off the surveillance cameras monitoring their voting equipment, according to evidence obtained by um, an, an office that is now investigating. Uh, the cameras were not turned back on until sometime in August, so over a month later, uh, possibly, which is against the standard practice. It means the chain of custody of that equipment has now been broken, which resulted in the office that is investigating announcing Tuesday that they would not allow that machines to be used for any upcoming elections. So May before May 25th to August is over two months. Uh, oh, yeah, had, I'm sorry. Yeah, that, well that over a month. Had they that, so that they just had the cameras off while they, they were had, yep. the and then and, and on May 23rd, so, someone gained access to one of the election management systems machines from Dominion voting systems used by Mesa, Mesa County and was able to download an image of it of the hard drives. Then the no same more. person repeated that process on May 26th, three days later, according to cybersecurity experts who have reviewed the images. So not only are they like some of these people do believe and they're not only doing that, they are turning off cameras. They are um, stealing stuff like not, not only does, does Dominion the, voting Dominion, systems have a huge Dominion lawsuit against make, Fox and Lindell yeah. and the Kraken, Sidney Powell. Yeah, this like, Dominion but, is going to make so much money off a of lawsuit. It's not even the, well, and not even that, but they're probably going to lose money. How many states just because of the reputation and the oh, way absolutely. that their name is viewed yeah. are not going to be used anymore? From, oh, no, here on out, they're not going to make any future money because no like, right they, i mean they can't be used in elections at this point especially because for them to the say that they lost a billion dollars worth of, of of revenue from fox that's legitimate they probably did yeah based on yeah. how much they would have made in the next you know every four years sue for the next 30 years all of them. yeah i sue, sue, the sue all the localities that have undermined them sue fox sue everybody to the the Giuliani's and the Sidney Powell's individuals, I don't care. Take them all. Giuliani doesn't have any money anymore. <laughs> no, no, but that's fine. It all went like, into hair dye. That that <laughs> how how does that work though? Like, there's a point where like you can get sued into jail, right? Yeah. Well, there's no debtor's prison. You didn't no. go bankrupt. You can be pay. You can be ordered to pay back money, and they can garnish your wages. 
So you can uh, you can end up essentially being poor. So what you're referring to for debtors' prison is like they throw somebody in jail until they can pay their debt off, which is just a stupid paradox. Like right, you earn right. like thirteen work, cents so a license plate in yeah. prison. But, so are you gonna uh, you gonna provide me with the cocaine to sell while I'm in here? Or how does, <laughs> how does that work? I plan anyway. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That that's scary shit though. Like to to think that like because you're right. I mean, I do I do believe that there are people that are using it for their own personal gain. That is not to say that there are not people that believe it, and the two can be one and the same. In 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 yeah. To, in uh, individual on an individual basis, but yeah, that's that's fucked up shit. And it also is kind of ironic since the right is and and even this is an attempt to prove the voter fraud that is the reason that that Trump had the election rigged against him. The only voter fraud that's going on here is by GOP members that are trying to. Uh, rig the election for donald trump still post facto yeah afterward you know yeah well that that's... and all the voting laws that have mm. went into place in places right. like georgia and whatnot like they're just trying so, to create, they're tr they're thinking ahead to 2024 and rigging that election already yeah yeah yep they're and they're setting up the big life for that and and to to get to that is my last article uh mike lindell the my pillow guy has been promising for months that he's about he was going to put on a three-day event a conference a symposium that would he would uh he would deliver the hard evidence and he would prove to everyone live that trump was had won the election and a lot of cute th people thought that this would the three days would end with trump striding back onto the stage there was the great reinstatement day which happened a few days ago people thought like trump was going to get re reinstated on the the 11th or whatever the 13th martial law was going to get declared last exactly week. So according to this article from uh, Pace That's okay. Magazine, it's not like the goalpost can't move, right? <laughs> <laughs> all the time. Uh, this is from a, a series called uh, Dispatches from Q Land. This is number five of their dispatches where they talk about um, Mike Lindell and this, the great symposium. Um, quote, from the start, Lindell's cyber symposium in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, got off to a disastrous beginning when Lindell promised to lay all of his cyber packet evidence on the table on day one and then begged off from doing so at the last minute, claiming that his streaming tech was under cyber attack. <laughs> from Antifa, didn't he say? Yep. He simultaneously <laughs> withdrew a $5 million challenge he was claiming to offer to anyone who could prove his data false, and never actually made the da data available to any cybersecurity professionals who were cajoled into attending the symposium. Meanwhile, the cybersecurity firm, uh, actually hired by Lindell himself to examine the data, concluded on stage that it showed no evidence that the election had been hacked which nice. that's i wish we had that clip that's that clip is funny nice yeah um the other cyber symposium Mike's face <laughs> so the other thing that happened that was really funny the moment that they announced that the lawsuit against that dominion's lawsuit could continue the judge allowed that it could continue the moment that news dropped it was when the symposium was happening and you can see Michael Lindell. Someone's Perfect. talking on stage. Michael Lindell's sitting there, and you can see him look off stage, and someone's waving him, and he gets up and runs off. To be told, like, they're still suing you, dude. You didn't yeah. get away with, like, dismissing it. Yeah. And this and, is going to make it look way worse. And I also want to point out that, that Mesa County, the last article we read, the woman who turned off the cameras, right? When they went to serve her, when they went to find her to ask her questions, she was nowhere to be found. Do you know where she was? 
at the symposium. symposium. Oh my god. And the information that she had stolen was being presented on stage by Ron Watkins, who nice. formerly led Reddit and is very likely the person who is behind the Q drops himself. Nice. Oh my god. Unbelievable. It's a forest uh, fire. It is. Um, also, I will point out that over the course of the three days, uh, they just lost so many seeds. People just kept streaming out. It was a piece of shit event. How, Even Newsmax would not, although they a lot they they promoted it with commercials and stuff. They did not air any of the event themselves. I think that's <laughs> that's very telling. And that's something to be said because for here's the thing about uh, Newsmax, which I didn't realize, and OAN um, that I didn't realize until recently, uh, because I've always seen clips of Newsmax on their on their Twitter page, their Twitter feeds and shit, and OAN the same way. Um, I've seen like Twitter clips which make them look like lesser, like they had like news shows with lesser budget than like any of the big like Fox, CNN, NBC, whatever. Um, Dude, if you watch these these channels um, on like a cable provider, if they have them, which I, I'm not saying that you should, I very much think the opposite of that. But like most of their shows look like us doing the podcast live. Like if you're standing here, if you look at the pictures of us in the studio on on Twitter or on Patreon or whatever, like it, that, it is that's very similar. They, that's what they're no showing. Rent as fuck. So, like, so what you're saying is that they have a coat jacket on, but it's most definitely gym shorts on or anything. <laughs> what, yeah. <laughs> what I'm what I'm saying is that they that they, I, we're not making money. Like if we were making, I feel like our show. We don't have a president retweeting us. You know. No. Or, or, we, you know, we we shouldn't be considered a, a news source. We are not a news source. Like we talk about shit, we have conversations, we make fun of stuff, but like we should not be taken seriously when we are giving our uh, opinion. Like it, like there shouldn't be a world we, leader. We are, we like, are low, we are lower brow comedy than the no, Daily Show. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and like, I, I like to think that like, we're providing something. I don't know what the fuck it is. I know we're we are not a source that we should not be sourced by anybody. No. If you're sourcing us. You need to get some, you need to read more. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and because I mean, fuck, we put our sources in the, in the content. Like, you know, like we, I'm not the one who told you, uh, uh, I'm not, I didn't break the news that mask mandates were happening. I fucking read a CNBC article or or whatever the fuck it was. I'm not looking at it now. Um, but, you know, like, I don't know. It's just, it's weird because I feel like if you watch OAN and Newsmax, that, that's what you're getting is people who are just sourcing other people. Yeah, they're, they're, whatever, second, they're secondary news claiming to be first. They're, they're, they're yeah. Um, so the fact that somebody like them, uh, who like Newsmax, who has like a, a show on, I think it's Newsmax that has like diamond and silk from their fucking living room. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, Fox it, News got rid of them and yeah, took out of that closet they had him in. I I just think that like if they're not willing to put on Mike Lindell symposium, like Mike Lindell has a problem. Also, I'm gonna bet that he took a five million dollar uh, wager or whatever off the table because he's not worth five million dollars anymore. Like at least Probably. I hope that's true. I also uh, don't think that he would ever accept whatever proof they give him. 
you know, like no, when he was not. told on stage by the people he had hired that that did not prove election fraud, he argued with them. It was like, well, yes, it does. And they're like, dude, you're, I'm the expert and you paid me. No, it doesn't. This, this is actually here a for? shit show. Why am I watching this? If right. I'm a, if I'm a viewer, why the fuck am I watching this? And, and Mike, it's, I don't have the exact quote, but at some point he got he was being interviewed by CNN or someone who's a little more hostile. And uh, and he screamed at them. He kind of snapped. And he's like, why do you think I would be doing this? Do you think like if I didn't believe and like and what they didn't say, what they should have said is like, no, no, I think you believe you're just wrong. And you're not willing to accept the fact that you might have been duped or you might not be the smartest person about cyber packets or whatever the fuck you think you have. Right. Which I guess you you don't know what the guy probably doesn't know what Reddit is. Someone DM'd him something and that he thinks is legit. And now he won't be convinced by anybody that it's not because it fits in with his pre-approved narrative that, of course, Trump should have won. Everyone loves him. I mean, you just explained QAnon followers in a nutshell right there right? And, and Mike like, Wendell is probably case zero of why people can buy into that shit he's successful he has money but somehow he was easily duped because he's not a, he's not a, I don't think anybody's mistaken him money for, because he invented a comfortable pillow and right. it's not even what I've read that comfortable he just resold the pillow and he made some really goofy infomercials that got him notoriety yeah, I've never like actually had one so I can't I can't legitimately say that it's comfortable. Is it any different than the Sham Wow guy? Like, the Sham Wow guy didn't make a good product. He made a good commercial that people could get stoned and watch. Right. Yeah. I mean, kind of, right? It's driving a car better for Billy Mays. Yeah, Billy. More than your average chamois. Billy Mays wasn't a a great, like, uh, D&D guy. Like, he didn't create great products. He just screamed at you and made you want to buy it because it was funny. Well, and Lindell also had that, uh, like, tied it to the Christian thing, right? Like, he he always had, like, a visible cross chain that he was wearing. And I'm I'm pretty sure, like... I think if you're rocking a mustache, you pretty much are are religious at this point. (laughs) Or a cop. To be honest, if I had never set foot in a Bed Bath & Beyond for their As Seen on TV section, I'd never even know what a MyPillow is. You see, I remember I remember MyPillow infomercials from, like, late-night Comedy Central and, like, Adult Swim shit, like, back was in the day. Ten, 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 oh, I don't know. Yeah. Who, was I mean, it? It was in Skywall. <clears throat> I feel like <laughs> if, you're selling, if you're selling a pillow in, in a 30-minute infomercial at 2.30 in the morning, you're really only targeting people who are insomniacs and had problems sleeping, right? Well, and he oh, yeah. didn't. He, I I feel like the infomercial, if I'm not mistaken, I feel like it was. I'm a born again Christian, and oh, because he used to be a meth addict. Yeah, he was like yeah. a speed addict, and yeah, he, he was broken and like completely. This yeah. explains a and lot. And then God turned him around. <laughs> yeah, this pillow changed my life, like literally. It's it's, like, a, it's not... the Ken Copeland or the Billy Graham of, but like with pillows instead of Bibles. Yeah. Kind of, um, yeah. I don't know. It, it it sucks though because like the way you describe it and say that like you know yeah I believe that you you're just wrong. Like I just like that's you're you're making you're humanizing him too much. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> as a human, taste. this is a guy with a, a large addiction, and you know, like just because you you make money and you're a success in a business sense doesn't mean you're smart or not gullible in another sense. Right. You know. Yeah. Nobody's confusing him as for an intellectual. Like. Right. You know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, what's insane to me though is that is how those two stories connect. That the that the woman in Colorado 
her information is being played and talked about by Ron Watkins. And, and be, yeah, being leaked intentionally. Like, this is a calculated effort to undermine the election. And it might be because they genuinely believe the election was stolen, but it's not true. Even if they genuinely believe that, they're still breaking the law. Right. In, and, and so then, in the, uh, it, you know, to, to further a lie. So then my question becomes, how are those people not in jail yet? Like, well, they're under investigation now. And if it was if it does turn out that they broke the chain of custody by turning cameras off and, or, and ordering people to do that, that would there would be witnesses to that. If that is true, I'm right. sure people are, are testifying before a grand jury right now or something. The, all of those people should be in jail. Ron Watkins should be in jail. Like Ron Watkins. I don't think Ron Watkins is. He might be in the country. I'm trying to remember if he was at the symposium or if they beamed him in. Because I think he had fled America or he was like in the Philippines or something. Man, I don't. I don't understand how. Like, he has to know that. Like by presenting this, like I'm fucked if there's ever an investigation that like can get to me right like i mean i don't know he also like if he is q he would it would be best to hide that and he agreed to do that hbo documentary where he all but admitted that he was q and then laughed about it that he kind of let it slip and nothing bad happened like we're i think we're in a post um like trump put us in this era where you don't have to fear repercussions or consequences anymore that that's unbelievable like it, it, yeah. it, it, it's it's Lord of the Flies. We're all par- we're all children without parents. Yeah, kind of, kind of. Um, it, QAnon's still going hard though, right? Oh, a hundred percent. Like this has not slowed it down at all. So, have there been any more Q drops since? No, um, inauguration since, day? um no, that was the last official one. Um, it, but what's weird is that they don't need the Q drops now. It's just people put like there there have been some people on uh the various social medias, the parlor or whatever, who've kind of taken over the mantle and they've kept moving. Like, Mike Lindell is a major figure now. Uh, Michael Flynn still is. They keep moving the goalposts as to when Trump's coming back. Roger Stone, probably. Yeah, obviously. uh, Steve Bannon on his podcast is going hard into the conspiracy. Most of them seem to be promoting the idea that, like, oh, don't worry, Trump will be back in before the end of 2021. Yeah, okay, but it was going to be August, and it was going to be March, and it was going to... Because remember, right. the, the the real inauguration day is you know, in January 20th. They're just going to keep pushing it back until it's 2024, and he's running again, and they're going to be like, see, I told you, I, 2025, you're back. I sincerely hope that the Democrats <laughs> gain more power in the House, and, they're, and, and, that the, and that they end the filibuster in the Senate, and I very much hope that they find a way to make sure he cannot run again. I hope so. I mean, I don't have a lot of faith. The, we the, the, uh, yeah. Um, because I could see that being a Nancy Pelosi play. Is that like, okay, here's what's going to happen. I could see Nancy Pelosi being like cunning enough even with within like her own party and whatever to like go behind closed doors and be like, this is going to be my play. I'm going to make sure that he cannot run again and then I'm going to retire and somebody else can take the reins for like and i and like i'm telling you like i don't like the democrats um i feel like they're the lesser of two evils i know as a progressive that as close as i'm ever going to get to what i want is is through the democrats as at least as of right now because like Ron DeSantis isn't gonna fucking get me there but right. like i could and i don't like that i, as I don't like pelosi but it, 
if she was able to pull that off before retirement, that's not a bad legacy to leave behind. No, for the history I, books. I'm, I, I'm I losing so that. much faith in everybody that exists in Washington right now. Like it doesn't matter who they belong to, what party, whatever, whatever they say they believe in, they're all frauds in my opinion. Yeah, no, I don't I don't disagree with you. It's very uh the only person that I believe, honestly, it, it is fucking Bernie Sanders. Like, he's the only one. And I'm not saying that... He might be. He he's might be not, the only one. Yeah. Like, maybe Elizabeth Warren. I'm I don't, I'm not a major Warren fan, but I, I believe that she believes... the biggest reason I believes... trust him is that he wore homemade knitted mittens on Inauguration Day. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I take that back. There's two. I trust AOC. I trust AOC that she believes and does the things that she says. I don't think that she is part of the power structure like a Nancy Pelosi yet. I'm not saying I that, think that, that she that has can't learned happen. that she needs to do a lot of research before she starts talking. Yeah. Like her her first year and some change in office were terrible. But since yeah. then I've I've gained some confidence in her, but I'm not fully sold. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I have like I've started to like her more uh over the past several months. It, it but helps I, that I, she roasts Ted Cruz on any chance she gets. Yeah, she's she's really fun to watch on Twitter for sure because she is like she's a fucking boss on Twitter. She could take she's like she's really good uh at I mean at, if, if there was like some like award you could get and cooking wise for absolutely roasting a Texan, she is killing Ted Cruz. Yeah, she is. <laughs> Murking him. Um, so yeah, so I don't know. That's pretty much uh I think that's where we'll wrap it up for for this episode. Um you know, it's it's it not overly happy, but I it's that's the it state of life right now. Yeah, it's not <laughs> rainbow, rainbows and unicorns, but well, you know, it's not our it's it's not our January sixth episode. I'll, I'll say that we're, no, we're it, on. It, we're, on our, that. we're on our second big wave of COVID, and it's a new variant. So yeah, this is this is as fun as you get right now. <laughs> yeah, who would have thought? Like I actually, the last time that we recorded uh, a, a TDAP, I thought that we would not be talking about the pandemic the next time we came back. I knew obviously right. we would take a break for un-American and such, um, but I. But I didn't think we were going to be talking about it, and it feels yeah, like nature, we... nature will kill you, and yep. she, and she's a boss at doing such. Nature it's, finds a way. It is unfortunate that when you listen to one twelve A and B, and then listen to one thirteen, that, that it's like the same fucking story, and it's been months. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a bummer, but. We'll, we will be back to do it again in the future. Um, if you want to follow us regularly, um, you can check us out on the Un-American feed. And you can also check us out on uh, Twitter. We have a Facebook page for TDAP and Un-American. Um, so you can find us there and you can find us on Twitter at TDAP Dark. Um, also, you can find us at Real and American, and let's see our personal accounts at Unamerican B, at Fevered Heart, and at American Actual J. Um, and then, if you do like Unamerican or TDAP and you want to support what we do, you can hit up our Patreon account at patreon.com uh, slash Unamerican. Um, there's a bunch of cool bonus content there. Uh, we do. Um, 
put out we do put out a uh, bonus show periodically that we we're, we cover a, so far we've covered a lot of coast to coast on that which tend to be more more fun conversations because yeah, it's definitely a, more lighthearted yeah so uh, so that's available on patreon for our uh, for our pledgers um, as well as like some merchandise and a bunch of other cool stuff and we do greatly appreciate your support of our shows so and, until next time um, you can't that's where you can find us uh, there should be a, another episode of an American coming out this week so uh check that out and uh yeah before we uh go we'll get back to the uh regular shenanigans and uh offer you up an alternative fact of the week thanks ladies and gentlemen i'm not a computer guy i don't know what most of this stuff means but i've been researching this election since november 3rd and i can tell you right now that everything we're seeing right here we saw in antrim county the adjudication logs being deleted it was absolutely censored by the media. Most people don't know that this isn't anything new. We've seen it in Antrim County. We've now seen it in Maricopa County. And we're now looking at it with our very own eyes in Colorado. What does Colorado matter? Why are they attacking Colorado? We need to wake up as people and you, the cameras in the back there, not all of you, but the CNNs of the world, you guys need to start reporting this and stop fact checking it. The Devil's Advocate Podcast is a Feverheart production. It is hosted by Brandon Condit and co-hosted by Franklin Everhart and Jim Hellman. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe and leave a review.